Good to see all of you today on this cooler than normal, I guess. We've been used to it being a little bit warmer, but uh, Lord gave us some cooler, wetter weather. We're praising for that. Seasons change. Our Lord never does. It's always good to be reminded that the one who brings about the change is unchangeable. And we're here to worship Him in spirit and truth today. It's good to see all of you today if you're visiting with us today. And uh, you wouldn't mind. We certainly don't want to twist your arm. But there's a QR code if you know how to use that. Um, in the bulletins, that little squiggly square that looks like something maybe you might have put on your refrigerator at one time because your kid drew that and you're like supposed to get all excited about it. But anyway, there's a QR code. And if you know how to use that, if you'll scan that, uh, it'll bring up a digital bulletin, scroll down to the bottom, and there's a place where you can let us know that you were visiting with us. Uh, just a, n- a few announcements to make. Um, so next Sunday night, well, first of all, tonight's business meeting, and that's going to be at 6.30 p.m. I want to remind you that if you're a member of Cherokee Baptist Church, it's your right, your privilege, and your responsibility to attend these meetings, and I hope that you will make every effort to be here. Next Sunday morning, we will have uh, the Lord's Supper service uh, in the, during worship, and then we'll have a Thanksgiving meal afterwards. Uh, so make sure that uh, you stay around for that. Um, also, um, there's Center Kid um, Silent Auction Fundraiser. That's going to be on November, th- uh, December 3rd and 4th. If you want to make or donate anything, just make sure you connect with Jerry. Um, We're also looking for folks that can help provide Thanksgiving meal boxes um, for some some families in our area. Uh, You can see in uh, the bulletin that the ham, turkey, and regular potatoes will be provided, but they need non-perishable items. There's a box out in the foyer. Next Sunday is when they'd like to have those because that's when they're going to divvy everything up. However, if you would like to donate uh, money to this ministry, just write it on your check, put it in the offering plate. And also there's going to be uh, a need for some help with Santa's helpers because there's 11 children that's, that have a need or a wish list. And uh, if you'd like to shop or if you'd like to uh, <clears throat> shop and then be reimbursed for the funds, um, however you'd like to help, make sure you do that. You can donate money to it, I'm sure. Uh, just make sure and do that by December 12th. We're also looking at uh, Advent, which will uh, we'll begin our Advent observance when we come back from Thanksgiving so when we come back from Thanksgiving, we'll have, um, and that's not long, we'll, we'll have Advent beginning and then we'll have Hanging of the Green the Sunday night uh, we come back from Thanksgiving. So a lot to look forward to. Um, you may receive this week in the mail um, something from the church, and it's a little mail-out thing that we will do every year, Easter and Christmas. And um, you feel free always to take this and pass it along. Now, I'm not sure that we have covered everyone in the area that we can cover. We try to send these out to everyone in the community. But if, we, if you think we've missed someone, we've got extras of these. Uh, and if we don't have any of these, then we've got some leftovers from the past that we'd be glad either to give to you and you can take it to them. But it's got um, a letter letting uh, people know what our holiday schedule is so they can be a part of it. And then this is Good Tidings of Great Joy. It's got four uh, different sections from the New Testament uh, that talk about um, just having to do with the birth of Christ and the hope of Christmas. So if you'd like, we've got uh, some of these left. We'd be more than happy uh, to give it to you. If you wanted to share it with friends, neighbors, co-workers, anyone like that that you want to reach out to this holiday season. 
One final thing I want to share with you is this is from Candace Henderson. I meant to read it last week, but I uh, kind of got out of my norm and I uh, just forgot to do it. It says, Dear friends of Cherokee Baptist Church, I cannot express how much your overabundance of get well cards meant to me while I was at St. David's Rehab and Rehab at Granite Mesa. There were many phone calls and visits from different ones that made a difference in my recovery, which I, uh, which I am much better. I have a long way to go. I will do my part and wait patiently for God's healing. Thank you again for your show of loving kindness. Yours in Christ, Candace. Are there any other announcements we need to make at this time? All right. Well, let's stand and we will uh, have our call to worship at this time. We'll say all of this together. We'll just read this together um, as one. This comes from Psalm 99, verses 1 through 5. So let's read together. The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. The king in his might loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is he. Let's worship together.
time for us to dedicate our our Operation Christmas boxes. So kiddos, youth, whoever feels like helping, if you'll go ahead and go and retrieve the boxes and start bringing them in, you don't even have to wait. Just, yeah, 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 yo, go get them. Leave me a spot to walk up here, okay, because I'm too old to jump that high. All right, well, uh, reminder: Since today is the day of dedication, this next week um, they will be these boxes will be taken to San Saba. Um, and so, if you need to, if you haven't gotten your boxes yet, you still got today and maybe a little bit of time tomorrow. But uh, you may want to see uh, from Jerry what time they plan to go and, and take the boxes in tomorrow. Um, one thing that we always try to stress with um, the the boxes is the greatest journey. And you're going to see a video here in just a second of the, uh, some folks in Mongolia. And, and the gospel, Christianity, is exploding in Mongolia. And, and there's such a need over there for discipleship materials. And, and uh, the greatest journey has filled the gap. And so if you would just direct your eyes at the screen and we'll watch this video. The power of the gospel in Mongolia is profound. When we look at a life that has been changed by Christ, it changes their families, their work, it changes every aspect of their life. Before 15 or 20 years ago, you did not find churches in Mongolia. This is an incredibly new movement. With Christianity being so young, we're seeing an unprecedented growth. People are more open than they've ever been. A discipleship program is incredibly important with how young Christianity is in Mongolia. We've got to train up this first generation of believers to be solid. They're the future of of the church. Recently, we started the greatest journey, new discipleship course. As a result of that, many children knowing God. They're doing activities. They're learning Bible stories and memory verses, songs. And they're inviting their friends to the church. All to the end of helping them grow in their relationship with Christ. When we started the greatest journey, children's attendance to the church increased. Kids have never before had such books or handouts of Bible study materials. It's so great now to be able to use these booklets. Jesus, 
And to bring the greatest journey in here with full color materials and incredible training and teaching tips, this is cutting edge for a culture like this. Many Mongolian children will be in heaven. These children will go to other countries and proclaim gospel to other nations. This is what I believe. My name is Jargama, and I'm 14 years old. Before I received a shoebox gift, I had heard about Jesus, but didn't really believe. But when I received a box from Operation Christmas Child, that day, I learned that Jesus is the God who is above us. Then, I started to go to church. One day at Sunday school, our teachers told us we would be starting a new set of 12 lessons called The Greatest Journey. I really enjoyed attending these classes and learning more about Jesus in different ways. And on the day of my graduation from the program, I felt so excited when I received a certificate and a Bible. The most beautiful part was seeing the confetti and streamers. That was wonderful. I want to say thank you to the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and Samaritan's Purse. To me, Jesus is the one and only God who can save us. That relationship that is developed with an eternal God makes all the difference in the world. pay attention to the screen some. We got some really great help, and they're doing such a fantastic job. I wanted to show you, um, if you look at the screen, you can actually pack a box online, um, and, and there's a website. You can just go to, just do a search for Samaritan's Purse, um, and Joel, you can actually hover your mouse over that page on the screen and just scroll. Use the scroll wheel, and because I don't think I can do that, yeah. So if you scroll down, you know, you just keep going. I think you get to the bottom and it will show you, yeah, you can, you can start packing a box. I can't see that. Maybe y'all can. But uh, anyway, you can get started building a box for a boy or a girl. Um, you can help choose what things go in it. Or you can just say, hey, here's the money. Build the box. So if you, that's how my family does it. We build the box online. Um, for whatever reason, it just fits our schedule better. But then also... You can, and there's, if you look at the screen, you can see there that, that this discipleship program that we just saw the video on, which is The Greatest Journey, uh, Joel, if you'll scroll down, you, you'll also see that you can go there and, and you see that there's a drop-down menu <clears throat> and you can pay six bucks and one child will receive uh, the opportunity to attend The Greatest Journey. And so you can pay for as many of those as you want to. And I hope you saw... Uh, in the video that that's having a great effect in Mongolia. We're, we love to be able to, to send out the boxes and to do, the, do all that, but one of the things that we always want to see happen when we send out these boxes is to have children be exposed to the gospel so that they can have an opportunity to respond 
in faith in Jesus Christ. And so not only are we sending toys and goodies and having really cute help deliver it, I do have a... You know, I'm kind of wide. That's all you got. That's all I got? Okay. Well, I hope you'll take the opportunity, if you haven't already, to pack a box. You can do it online. And if you haven't paid for The Greatest Journey, uh, then you can uh, do so through the Samaritan's Purse website. Well, yes? I don't know. I, I ran out of fingers and toes. Sir? Yes. Probably so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll figure all that out. But if you want to get it paid for, we'll make sure and get it paid for. That's a great question. Thanks for asking. Well, let's have a time of prayer. Father, how grateful we are uh, for your son, Jesus Christ, who gives us hope. And that there is a hope of the gospel that is going to spread to all nations before Christ comes in glory. We thank you, Father, that you have deemed it necessary to include us, worthy servants, unworthy servants, in your great commission. And how you use us in various ways, in accordance with your will, your purposes. And so in this time, you see, Lord, that there's many boxes here. Each one of those boxes, we know, represents a life, a soul. Lord, we pray that each box, wherever it goes, that it would be received with joy. And that you would, through your Holy Spirit, demonstrate uh, to the recipients that what they have received is more than a box. It's a demonstration of love from the body of Christ. Meant to demonstrate kindness uh, and generosity. But more more than that. More than just to meet a need uh, physically or to give a, a, a child some joy. Lord, we long for them to come to the realization of who Christ Jesus is. And how he, through a box, has made it possible for them to hear his story, his gospel, his death, burial, resurrection, and how he makes salvation um, available. And I pray that they would turn uh, in faith by the prompting of the Holy Spirit and that they would become Christians. We pray, God, not only would they uh, put their faith in Christ, but they would grow in that faith. uh, That they would, day by day, uh, be in the word, letting it shape them and mold them, that they would long for the Spirit to guide them as they grow in their faith, that there would be churches and workers who would come around them and help them grow in their faith. Father, most of all, we we desire that you would be glorified, and we trust that in this you will. So we pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen. If you'll open in your copy of God's Word to Psalm chapter 50. It's also going to be up on the screens, Psalm chapter 50, verses 1 through 6. The Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes. He does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire. Around him, a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. 
Gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declares his righteousness for God himself is judge. Selah. Can we have our ushers come forward to receive the offering at this time? Um, let me say a quick word of prayer and, and then we'll uh, receive the offering as we sing our next song. Father, we thank you for the gifts that you have given us and out of the abundance that you have given us. Lord, may we give gladly out of um, cheerful hearts for the furtherance of your kingdom in Cherokee and around the world. We pray it in Christ's name.
come to you this morning and we say that, it is well. Your plans are higher than our plans and your ways are greater than our ways. And so we worship you this morning, Father, through music. We worship you through giving. We worship you through um, providing for your children around the world. We worship you through the study of the word of God. God, as we sing this next song, my prayer, my hope, my desire is that you would soften the soil of our heart so that as your word is read this morning, it may be implanted and bear fruit. Be glorified through this music. Be glorified through us today.
Jesus, you are only hope and Savior. We need you this morning, Father. Speak to your servant. Change our hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ, alone we pray. Amen. If you would, please take your copy of God's Word and turn to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. Colossians, chapter 3. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, you should find a hardback black one somewhere around you. If you'll turn to the back and find page 158, you'll be at Colossians, chapter 3. And again, we're focusing on verses 12 through 14 today. This morning, we're finishing up a sermon series entitled, His Glorious Grace. And the subtitle is Decked Out in His Glorious Grace. And uh, hopefully, you'll see the connection as we, as we go through this sermon together. Uh, while you're turning there, I did want to uh, point out something. Um, I'm going to try to ma- I'm gonna have some announcements about some things that are going to start up in January. And one of the things that's going to start in January on Sunday nights is we're going to go through a study of this book. It's called Side by Side by Ed Welch. Um, And the subtitle is Walking with Others in Wisdom and Love. Last Sunday, as I went through uh, the sufficiency, taking hold of the sufficiency of God's all-sufficient grace, um, you know, those two sermons, there was was means of grace. I talked about ways that God uh, delivers grace to the, the Christian. There's the word, there's prayer, uh, there's, there's suffering through circumstances. And a lot of times we want to get out of circumstances. But God put us in those because he's going to meet us there with grace. And then one of the last things I said uh, uh, that is a means of grace is God's people. You know, God puts people in positions in church so that they can be means of grace. But then we are to engage in one another ministry. And, and you may say, well, I'm not sure how to do that. Well, this book is about how to walk side by side with someone in wisdom and love and to be a means of grace for them and and a way for you to minister uh, the means of grace by God's grace to them in their time of struggle. Uh, If you would like to get this book, Edward T. Welch, Side by Side, um, and you should be able to find it on lots of different places. Would you please stand for the reading of God's word? Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, and this is God's word. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let's pray together. Lord, we sit under the authority of your word. It tells us what to do. We do not tell it what to do. It interprets us. Uh, we do, and, and when we interpret it rightly, it interprets us. It tells us about you. It tells us our need for grace. So, Lord, as we consider how Paul has said, put on these things, and how they're, they're demonstrations of your grace to us through Christ, May we long to be people who are decked out in your glorious grace. In Christ's name we ask these things. Amen. You may be seated. Previous weeks we talked about how God's grace is sufficient. It's all sufficient. And as we've gone through this sermon series, we've seen that God's grace is sufficient in all different kinds of areas. One, His grace is sufficient for our salvation. He justifies us. He sanctifies us. He forgives us. 
Not only that, uh, not only are we set aside as holy, marked off as God's people, but then His grace is sufficient in sanctifying us and helping us put to death the things that are earthly among us, put to death sin. Uh, and His grace is sufficient for that. So we think first of grace and salvation as his, his, his unmerited favor toward us that He might save us. But then in terms of sanctification, we think of grace in terms of power. Having been saved, His grace gives us the power to be sanctified. It gives us the power to bear up under suffering. And as we draw to the end of this sermon series, I want us to see how God's grace is all sufficient for our relationships with each other. Relationships with the saints. I think that there's one statement that I can help kind of hang this sermon on and help us to see what Paul's getting at in this particular text, especially this and the previous verses in chapter 3. Since you have been changed by His glorious grace. Well, how have we been changed by His glorious grace? I hope you still have your Bible open. Verse 12 says, Put on then as God's chosen ones. That's an expression of God's grace that we were chosen. He says in verse 12, um, Holy and beloved. God showed His grace to us in love. Verse 7 talks about we used to walk in sin. We used to live in sin. And He lists those sins in verses five and, uh, verse 5. Uh, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and so on. But we've been changed. Because, verse 3 says, we have died. And not only that, have we died, verse 1 says, we have been raised with Christ. And because of that, look down at verse 10. We have a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Therefore, we are, as verse 12 says, we are holy. And as verse 3 says, our life is hidden with Christ in God. And we have a future with Christ, verse 4 says. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. And furthermore, verse 11, we are a part of a new people. Paul says here, talking about the church, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. We as God's people have been objectively changed by His grace. I just listed a number of ways in which His grace was showered upon us and we have been changed. But because we have been objectively changed by God's glorious grace, then we are able to change into His glorious grace. Now, where you notice that there's changed by and change into. It's two different uses of the word change. Changed by, we've been transformed. We've been made new. We're different. A change into means we, we put on. Paul says in verse 12, put on then like clothing. When Reagan left College Station on Friday to come this way, it was 75 degrees, right? She was wearing shorts. When she got to Cherokee, it was not 75 degrees. And so she had to change into something different to wear to the ball game because things had changed. 
And so because we have been changed by God's glorious grace, we are to change into his glorious grace. We're to put it on like clothing. Now, Paul, in the previous verses in chapter 3, he really says, before you put on these things that are listed in verses 12 to 14, there's some other steps you need to take. Verse 2, set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth. See, before we start putting things on, Paul says, we need to change our minds. We need to set our minds not on things that we're accustomed to setting our minds on on earth, but we're to set our minds on things that are heavenly. Because that's where our life is. We've been hidden with Christ in God. Not only are we to set our minds, but we are to, look at verse 5, put to death, therefore, whatever is earthly among you. And then there's a list of those things. Then he says in verse 8, But now you must put them all away. Get rid of them. Do away with them. And there's a list of sins there. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, so on. So before you change into His glorious grace, there's some things you must do. And when Paul talks about setting your minds on heavenly things, not on earthly things, putting to death sin, putting away sin, he's telling us, and think of it this way, in terms of warfare. You're fighting against an enemy, and that enemy is sin. And you fight against that enemy by God's grace, but it doesn't stop there. You fight against the enemy, sin, in order to achieve particular objectives. We know about the war in Ukraine right now, and and if if you want to, you can keep up with all sorts of things, and they'll tell you that Russia's here, Ukraine is here, and there's this particular objective. And so Ukraine fights against Russia, not just because they want to fight against enemies, but they're trying to achieve something particular. And so that's the same with us. We fight enemies in order to achieve particular objectives, reminding ourselves that there is an overarching goal. And Paul's overarching goal here for putting aside sin, putting to death sin, setting our minds is the overarching goal of God's people being decked out in glorious grace in their relationships with each other. Your relationship, my relationship with God is marked by His glorious grace. Therefore, it follows. Our relationship with God's people is to be marked by His glorious grace. We get a glimpse of Paul saying, if this is true of you in God, then it should be true toward others because God lives in you. Look at verse 13. He says, Bearing with one another, and if one, another, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. We could take these other uh, character traits in verses 12 to 14, and we could say, As the Lord has shown compassion to you, as he has been kind to you, as he has humbled himself for you, as he has demonstrated meekness towards you, shown patience towards you, and loved you, so also you must do these things to others. Now as we go through the text in a little bit more detail, I want us to see how God in Christ 
fleshed out His glorious grace. God put His grace on display in Christ. And one way He did that was in Christ's compassionate heart. Matthew 9.36 says, When Jesus, when He saw the crowds, He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He fed crowds. He healed the sick. Cast out demons. He touched people that were untouchable and unclean. He ate with tax collectors and sinners. And He died a cruel death on the cross. All out of a compassionate heart. God fleshed out His glorious grace and Christ's kindness. I hope you notice that I'm going through these character traits, these virtues in verse 12. And also 13 and 14 as well. But particularly in verse 12. God fleshed out His glorious grace in Christ's kindness. Titus chapter 3 verse 4 has an interesting statement. It says, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. In other words, the kindness of God appeared in Christ Jesus. And one way we see that is when you get to Luke. You have the story of Zacchaeus. And how Zacchaeus, the chief of tax collectors, Jesus should have just passed on by him. But Zacchaeus got up in that tree and Jesus showed kindness to this man who was despised. God fleshed out His glorious grace in Christ's humility. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem in the triumphal entry, Matthew records in verse 21 verse 5, Say to the daughter of Zion, that's Jerusalem and its inhabitants, Behold, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. He didn't come in to Jerusalem on this majestic steed, dressed out in armor with a big uh, parade of people and a huge entourage. No, Christ came humbly. One of the most famous sections of Scripture that elaborates on Christ's humility. Philippians chapter 2. I'll read verses 5 to 8. Paul says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself. By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. God fleshed out His glorious grace. He demonstrated it actively, tangibly through Christ's humility. But then also in Christ's meekness. His gentleness. Some of your translations may say gentleness in verse 12. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, 1. I, Paul, myself, entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Paul understood that Christ came in meekness. Even Christ said to people, Matthew eleven twenty nine, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. To those who might wonder, how would Christ receive me? I am so messed up. I am barely holding it together. Notice his meekness in Matthew twelve twenty. It says, A bruised reed. And, and, and that is talking about, uh, figuratively, a person who is so broken. A reed that is, is broken and just barely 
hanging together. It says a bruised reed he won't break. And a smoldering wick blow out a candle. And there's just a, a, just a tiny bit of flame. And Jesus won't snuff that out. He's meek. God fleshed out His glorious grace in Christ's patience. Paul recognized this. 1 Timothy 1.16, he says, But I received mercy that in me, as the foremost, and when he says the foremost, he's saying the foremost of sinners, Jesus Christ might display His perfect patience. He said, Christ showed to me His perfect patience. I was the foremost of sinners, yet He saved me so that I might be an example to those who were to believe in Him for eternal life. God fleshed out His glorious grace in Christ's forgiveness. You remember in in John chapter 7, the woman caught in adultery. Men had stones ready to stone this woman and to kill her. One by one, after Jesus confronted them, they put their stones down and walked away. And Jesus stood up and he looks the woman in the face and he says, Where are those that condemn you? She said, There's no one here, sir. And he said, Well, then neither do I condemn you. He forgave the woman. Remember Christ from the cross when he prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. God's glorious grace fleshed out in Christ's forgiveness. And finally, God's flesh, God fleshed out His glorious grace in Christ's love. We all know Romans 5.8. God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And Christ demonstrated His love in John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So in Christ, we see God's glorious grace fleshed out. So as God's glorious grace to us was fleshed out in Christ, so also we are to flesh out His glorious grace to fellow believers. Remember what it says in verse four or verse 12. We are holy. A part of what that means is that God has He's chosen us. He set us apart. He's the one that set us apart. We did not set ourselves apart. We're set apart by God, but also set apart for God to live in accordance with His plans and for His purposes. So this is why we are, as Paul says, to put on all of these things. Let me go through them quickly. We are to deck ourselves out in the compassion of Christ. Now, in in verse 12, it says compassionate hearts. The heart, if you have the old King James, it says bowels. Now, it seems kind of strange, but really what it means is it's talking about that area and they would associate with a part of the human anatomy that, that they associated the emotions with. It's deep-seated feeling. It's empathy. The heart is where this feeling originates. And so when we deck ourselves out in the compassion of Christ, we have feeling hearts. 
We have compassionate hearts. We look upon others in our membership and we are truly concerned over whatever misfortune goes on in their life. And it comes from a deep place in us. We're to put that on, deck ourselves out in that. But also we're to deck ourselves out in the kindness of Christ. Paul says put on kindness. A kind person are warm-hearted. They're considerate. Ephesians 4.32, Paul says, be kind to one another. Now we also know that kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. So when we put this on, uh, we're demonstrating, we're putting out, we're decking ourselves out in the fruit of the Spirit. We're also to deck ourselves out in the humility of Christ. Humility simply means lowliness of mind. Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Paul tells the Philippians, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Be humble toward others. Deck yourselves out in it. We're to deck ourselves out in the meekness of Christ. A meek person is gentle, mild, even-tempered. Not easily angered or offended. Meekness, in some translations, it comes up as gentleness, which we all understand is a fruit of the Spirit. When we deck ourselves out in meekness or gentleness, we're, we're, we're producing the fruit of the Spirit. We're to deck ourselves out in the patience of Christ. Patience here in this particular text has a certain nuance to it. I want you to listen to this. Patience means... Here, bearing up under provocation without an attitude of complaint or irritation. It could also be translated long-suffering. Paul Paul prescribes in other places that we are to be patient with others in the church. He says in 1 Thessalonians 5.14, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, Be patient with them all. Again, we would recognize that patience is a fruit of the Spirit. We're also to deck ourselves out in the forgiveness of Christ. He says in verse 13, If one has a complaint against another. That if means that you probably are. You probably will have a complaint against another person. And and that, that word complaint indicates a legitimate complaint. It's not something where you just kind of perturbed me. It is a real legitimate complaint. It's something blameworthy. Paul says, forgive. And this word in the Greek for forgive is charizomai. Charizomai. It comes from the Greek word for grace, which is charis. Charis, charizomai. Some translations put it this way, graciously forgive. If someone has, if you have a complaint against another person, graciously forgive them on account of the goodwill that you have toward them. Finally, we're to deck ourselves out in the love of Christ. Notice in verse 14, Paul says, and above all these things, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. I've been pointing out how many of these virtues 
are fruits of the Spirit. This is the fruit that begins the list. It's the thing that Paul says that binds together everything in perfect harmony. Paul noticed when churches were in harmony by the love they had for one another. Colossians 1.4 Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Ephesians 1.15 For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. To the Philippians, he talks about their love and he says, It is my prayer that your love for each other, the love that you have received from Christ, that you would deck yourself out in it and that it would abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. 2 Thessalonians 1.3, Paul writes, We ought to always give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. And the love of every one of you for another is increasing. Paul actually prays in, in Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth of Christ's love and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And there are numerous references in 1 John that I could bring up. All that to say, it is true. That love is that virtue, that spiritual fruit that binds all things together in perfect harmony. So as Christ fleshed out God's glorious grace to us, we're to flesh it out to others. We're to deck ourselves out in glorious grace to one another. As we have received it, so are we to give it. I think I'm on solid ground when I say this. You can base your understanding. You can, not base, you can evaluate your understanding of God's grace through the grace that you give other people. You can evaluate your understanding and experience of God's grace by looking at how you extend grace to other people. Reminds me of the parable of the unforgiving servant. Now he, he owed so much and the king was just going you know, to sell him and his family uh, to pay the debt. And the man says, just be patient with me. And, and the king forgave the debt. And it's like the guy forgot how much grace he had been shown. He didn't understand the grace shown to him because he went around and and found someone else that owed him money and started choking him and said, you pay me what you owe me. The degree to which we are decked out in grace toward other believers is the degree to which we truly understand God's grace toward us. What does God long for? In this church. He wants us to be holy. That's obvious. Paul, he says this. You know, know, have a holy mind. Set your, your minds on things that are above. You know, put to death all these sins. Put these things away. Don't lie to one another. Put off the old self. Put on the new. 
put on these things. Because in doing so, you will begin to put on display God's glorious grace in your relationships. And in it, God will be glorified. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. How undeserving we are to have your grace. But Lord, you have shown us what it means to be gracious in your Son. Oh Lord, when we consider our Savior, and when we, we understand that if we have seen Him, we have seen you. We have, we have seen your heart in the Son. And we have been recipients of your patience and your kindness, your forgiveness. Oh Lord, you had a legitimate complaint against us, and yet you did forgive. You've showed us kindness, patience. Lord, help us to simply show it to others, especially those of the household of faith. Lord, we realize that sometimes showing grace to others is going to be hard. Remind us that your grace is perfected in weakness. And we say, Lord, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to be patient toward this person. I'm struggling to forgive. Remind us that there is grace sufficient for that. Sometimes we have to suffer in our relationships. Lord, remind us that your grace is sufficient in our suffering. Lord, give us the grace to persevere, to want to be decked out in your glorious grace, that this house that belongs to you might be a house that is filled with grace, the scent of grace everywhere for your glory. We pray these things. Amen. We're going to sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. So would you please stand and join in singing? If there's a decision you need to make, feel free to do so. of denying ourselves is taking off the things that would hinder us from putting on His glorious grace in relationship to one another. So I want you to pray this song, this verse as a prayer. Christ, I've decided to follow You and I want to be decked out from head to toe in Your grace. Sing it to Him as a prayer and as a commitment. Let's sing together.
seated for just a moment. A few prayer updates. Um, I don't know that I know many. Um, do I have any prayer updates? Okay, Jennifer Stone, friend of, of Brenda's, um, has surgery on Wednesday. Okay, going to be in Amarillo. Thank you. Any update on, on Les and Brenda? So Les is, is showing improvement and Brenda's doing well. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, Becky Fabry is, um, has begun um, her fight against cancer. She was supposed to have an MRI this week. Jared's on her list. Poor guy. He got shingles in his eye. Ouch. <laughs> right? Um, any update on Jerome Isham? Okay, that's Jared's uncle. He's just ready to go home and be with the Lord. Um, there's a name on our list that we haven't mentioned in a while, Mary Catherine Holly. She is leaving today, which is tomorrow. I don't know. 5 o'clock in the morning, Tuesday. Okay. 5 o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday. Eight hours. You guys get the eight-hour head start. Okay, so she'll be back this week. Look forward to seeing her. Pray for her trip home. Um, any other updates you want to pass along? Brother Shannon? Yes, ma'am. I just wanted to say, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I can't tell you how much I look forward to this Sunday every year. When we see what God has done through giving, you know, the, the purchases, the packing of the boxes, the women of the word, all of the things that have gone into this and the the videos showing us these uh, children learning about Christ and receiving these gifts. And then, forgive me for being emotional, but when I see our children bringing these boxes in, I can't tell you what that does for my heart. I hope, Amen. It, I hope it does the same for you. Amen. I am so thankful to be a part of this church. Amen. To be a part of, of what we are, I know, just a small part of right. the big Right. But it's so important from our little babies all the way up to our college kids. It's an absolute <laughs> blessing from God. Thank little you. babies and college babies. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Denise. Well, let's stand. We'll have a word of prayer. We'll say the Great Commission and be dismissed. Father, we thank you again for this day. And Lord, with those that have been mentioned this morning, we continue to lift them up to you and pray, God, that you would bring to them what they need, whether it's healing, whether it's comfort, whether it's peace. We pray that... You would overshadow them as the Most High God and that they would sense your presence, uh, know your love, and just be grateful uh, for all that you are to them. Lord, we pray that as we leave, uh, that we be reminded that we have decided to follow you and not ourselves. So, Father, do with us what you will. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Let's say the Great Commission. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father 